the giant thinkers giant thinkers podcast hey guys welcome to the show I'm Ram Castillo, and in this podcast, I'm bringing to you top experts from various industries worldwide to learn from their success and to help us become better designers, creatives, and giant thinkers. G'day, Giants, and welcome to episode 16 here on the Giant Thinkers podcast. I'm Ram Castillo, and thank you so much for tuning in wherever in the world you're listening. I truly appreciate you. Our guest in this session has graced the covers of Founder Magazine, Lifestyle Business Mag, and been an author on success.com and entrepreneur.com. On his podcast, he has interviewed the likes of legends who I am greatly inspired by, as many of you are too, I'm sure, including Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, Deepak Chopra, Gabby Bernstein, Simon Sinek, and many more. As an entrepreneur and life design coach, his focus is on educating and inspiring like-minded people to strive for success despite their circumstances. Since its inception in 2011, his website has had 68 million views worldwide and counting. That's certainly no small feat. Some of the golden topics we talk about include how he sold homemade biscuits for pocket money at the age of six, moving to Miami at the age of 17 to pursue a career in music, meeting the Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, who gave him the idea of starting his internationally renowned blog, addictedtosuccess.com, ensuring that you always focus on creating a powerful vision for yourself and breaking free from limiting beliefs by changing their meaning. He provides some extremely practical tips on navigating today's chaotic online space, and I guarantee that by the end of this episode, you'll be as pumped as ever to make headway on those projects that may be gathering a little bit of dust. Now, before we jump into it, I've mentioned this before, actually two episodes ago, recommending a product that I use every single day and that I highly recommend you use too. It's called the five minute journal. And it's what I've found to be the simplest, most effective thing you can do every day to be happier. A lot of you may already be using this, which is fantastic, and I congratulate you for doing so. For those that aren't aware of it, it's essentially a physical journal that gives you a positive quote at the beginning of the page, followed by three questions you answer in the morning and two questions you answer in the evening before bed. And it basically anchors your mind in a positively focused intentional and grateful mindset in less than five minutes a day. By far the most actionable and productive tool that has helped me accelerate my progress professionally and personally. Now, if you do decide to try and utilize this journal, I would appreciate it if you purchase it through my affiliate link, which is giantthinkers.com slash five minute journal. No need to put a code or anything like that. Uh, so that's giantthinkers.com slash five minute journal, all spelt out. And to be ultra transparent, there is no additional cost to you. However, I do receive a small commission from every purchase via that link, which in turn helps the podcast keep going. Any profits I make, I always put back into the show uh, because truth be told, there's uh, audio engineers, there are people that help me edit this um, in all aspects. And of course, the time spent on this and the equipment to produce this quality show. It's currently priced at just under 23 US dollars for this five minute journal. And um, as you know, I never advocate products or services I haven't used myself and would only recommend things that I truly believe are valuable to you guys listening. Once again, that's giantthinkers.com slash five minute journal. And let's get stuck into it. Alrighty, I'm so excited to present to you the entrepreneur of entrepreneurs, Mr. Joel Brown. Joel Brown, welcome to the Giant Thinkers podcast, my friend. Ram, thanks a million for having me, brother. Mate, I appreciate I'm, you. 
I'm so pumped that you're here. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on uh, the show, uh, as I'm sure many, many of the guests listening. Um, so first question is a little icebreaker one. Uh, besides success, <laughs> what is your biggest addiction? What I'm addicted to. Yeah, other yeah. things I'm addicted to. All right, I'm addicted to 90% cacao chocolate. Are you really? Don't ask me why. It actually does not taste too good, but, but I don't know why. I just have this addiction to it. I just It gives me energy and I like... If you let it sit in your mouth long enough, you let it melt in your mouth, it has a little bit of sweetness to it. Right. Yes, yes. It's, well, it's crazy. Like I, it's crazy. You have to try it. You have to try it. You got to let it melt in your mouth and you try it. There's that little bit of sweet. It's not like an overload of sweet. Um, so I'm addicted to that. I just keep eating bars of that. And, you know, there's not a lot of sugar in it, which is all good. Um, another thing I'm addicted to, and this is the thing about addictions, is we're all addicted to something, right? Absolutely. I'm addicted to self-development and reading books and teaching others and learning, right? That's what you were um, asking initially, I believe, with the whole success question. Absolutely. I'm also addicted right now to social media, which isn't a good thing. <laughs> you know, I find myself uh, I think we both checking are. my notifications. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, man, the, a lot of the world is. And the way that I look at it is, you know, we can be addicted to this uh, or we can look at it in a way where we aren't going to be consumed by it. We're going to use it as a tool. I believe social media is really a tool. A lot of people are running uh, unconsciously like robots, just checking their notifications, checking their notifications, getting that dopamine hit all the time, right? And, and it's kind of like a validation. They need to see how many people like their stuff and how many people are commenting and so on. Mm. Uh, and then you have other people like me who build it, uh, you know, use it to build their business. So you need to be careful of not crossing that line of, of falling into that loop of just checking it all the time for validation. For sure, for uh, sure. So, so yeah, that's what I'm really trying to be conscious of uh, lately. I just have like a blocked time to check my social media and I back out and that's it. You know, and the rest of the day is creating, creating content, creating content for people to consume. I like <laughs> right. That. So if you yeah. want to be successful, if you want to create products, you want to build business, you have to be a creator. You can't always be a consumer. Absolutely. You know, there needs to be consumers out there. Otherwise no one will be checking out your stuff, but just don't fall into the trap of being uh, an over consumer. It's uh, it all comes down to curating what value you're bringing to the table with each post, isn't it? Um, uh, I like that. I like that. Um, and in terms of cacao, I actually had uh, a stint of addiction to the uh, raw cacao beans where it still had the, the you know, the um, sort of shell thing around it, mate. And I had to peel Oh, that. that's gangster, man. That's 100% cacao. <laughs> oh, man, that was 100% cacao. <laughs> And, um, yeah, man, I, I dove straight in there because I read so much good stuff about it. It had like, um, something like 60 times more antioxidants. I could totally be wrong than green tea or something like that. I knew it was a six in there, but it was action packed with good stuff. So, uh, love it. Love those addictions, mate. Um, so for all the listeners out there who, uh, may not have heard of you, um, where would you say your expertise lies? My expertise lies in finding information by right? exposing and seeking a great valuable information and then sharing that with the world nice that's really what i like to do i like to simplify what i've learned uh, that's my expertise and also uh content creation uh networking and bringing great minds together to be able to share that uh advice with with others very cool very cool so can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and how you grew up yeah, a great question. Um, you know, I was a bit of a hustler when I was younger. Uh, my mom bought me this pocket money book. Uh, it was like 50 ways to make pocket money or 100 ways to make pocket money. Hmm. And uh, I came to her asking her, hey, can I make dog biscuits? Because one of the ideas in there was to make dog biscuits, sell it. And, you know, she, she helped me with that. And we made some dog biscuits and I sold it to friends and family and made a little bit of money. That was the beginning of kind of my entrepreneurial journey. And then I stepped it up and, and I really uh, used to collect basketball cards, right? The mm. uh, Fleur top deck, like basketball cards and Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Patrick Ewing, <laughs> I, Charles I Barkley. did too. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's so, funny. I know the ones yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I awesome. had an obsession with that and I, I um, used to trade it at school and, and I thought, yeah, if I could make some money, I could get the like the exclusive cards. So I, I looked in this book and it said, um, you know, that you can go and sell things at a higher price. So I got this idea of going down, uh, actually like working for my next door neighbor, uh, earning a little bit of cash for like helping him mow lawns and cleaning up the yards and so on. And then with that money, I would then go down to the store down the road and I would buy Toblerone bars and like mint patties 
And I used to walk around and knock on my neighbor's door and sell it to them at double the price of what I bought it for at the shop. I think people probably felt sorry for me because <laughs> they were like, oh, you know, or like, oh, how cute this little kid's coming to sell chocolates, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, you know, I made my money back. I, I had like, you know, 100 bucks, 120 bucks, uh, you know, at the age of like six years old. Wow. And yeah, that that was my entrepreneurial journey. I, I realized I could make money from selling things at higher prices and, and hustle. And I, I really didn't have, I feel like, limiting beliefs of mm. uh, I'm not good enough or failure, mistakes are bad. I just went in there and, and did the best that I could. And, and I got results, you know, and because I got results, it fed my belief that that so much more is possible. And I just kept running with that. So that's interesting. You, you said your mom bought you that, that pocketbook. So would you, would you say that your parents, well, hold on. What, what do your parents do? Well, what did they do back then? Uh, sort of like middle-class, I guess, or like they have a day job, they have nine to five job. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both, uh, nurses, right? So they work in uh, hospitals and so on. Uh, they, they're not entrepreneurial minded in the sense of starting their own businesses or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But they were very supportive. They were very encouraging. Uh, they didn't limit me in any way. They just said, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. Nice. And we'll support you. Uh, they didn't give me much in, in the sense of financially. They didn't give me a silver spoon or anything like that. Uh, if anything, they put me in the uncomfortable zone quite often when I was younger and like let me be independent to go out there and work it out myself. I believe that that builds your mental strength. You get a lot of these rich, uh, richy, rich kids that have, you know, grown up with a silver spoon and, and they've found scientifically that a lot of these people are uh, not mentally strong because mm. they've always had someone there to support them and, and help them along the way. So when they get stuck in these hard times, they can't support themselves. So I was so lucky, so blessed. I'm so grateful uh, that my parents raised me in a way where they supported me, but just enough so that I could uh, understand that, you know, I could also go out there and hustle and make my own way in the world too. Yeah. And do you have any brothers or sisters, Joel, or was, was it just you? I have a younger brother and he's the complete opposite of me. Oh, really? <laughs> he's not interested in entrepreneurship. He's got blonde hair, blue eyes. I got brown hair, brown eyes. Um, but, you know, he's an amazing person, very oh, compassionate, yeah. very loyal. Uh, very yeah. cool. And, and, so, yeah. and would, did you grow up in Perth? Is that right? In Perth in Western Australia, yeah. I grew up there till I was about 17 and I moved out to Miami, Florida to start in the uh, music industry. So whereabouts are you living now, Joel? Are you, are you in the States? I hear that you're in Bali as well sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of all over the place, man. I'm a bit of a globetrotter. Um, my business allows that. You know, I have a, a business where it's like a freedom business where I don't need to work in a situated place, right? I can work from anywhere. Uh, I'm in Perth right now with my family and friends for Christmas and New Year's. Uh, but I am going to be situated in the U.S., uh, for most of this year, 2016. Cool. The reason being is I have a lot of summits I need to speak at. I'm in a film this year. Uh, also, I have a book deal on the table. I have a lot of interviews to do. So the US is a place to be, right? You've got to be near that heartbeat where everything is happening. Yeah. Uh, that's what you need to do. You know, you need to move to those locations where everything's going on. Otherwise, you miss out on great opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Um, so going back to some significant events and we'll go back to uh, what you're doing now uh, in, in a few questions after this, but uh, what are some significant events or milestones that happened in your life uh, that you can share to us perhaps during high school and after high school that sort of um, allowed you to uh, take that springboard to, to what you're doing now? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, uh, during high school, I had a terrible experience through high school. I got bullied pretty bad, got bashed up and everything. And, you know, I kind of hated the world, mm. but I was lucky in a sense. Cause when I, when I got to that point of like, yeah, I think year 11, year 12, uh, I found a passion for music and I took the fork in the road, you know, that I, I met the fork in the road and I took the right route. And that was, I can either be angry at the world and keep going down this route of, of, you know, hating on everybody and, and, and being a victim or go the other route and say, look, I'm going to let this passion that I have for music drive me. And I went tenfold. Uh, I, I worked in a radio station. I worked my way all the way up to get the number one spot on a Thursday night when it was like peak hour traffic after late night shopping. My, hmm. my show was on there. I started interviewing a lot of amazing artists. I leveraged off that and I started managing uh, uh, songwriters and producers. And I used that uh, platform to reach out to amazing artists and other producers uh, to link my people up with them. Hmm. And it eventuated into... Uh, getting a, a record deal uh, under a subsidiary of uh, Atlantic Records uh, with these two producers that I was managing. And we moved out to Miami, Florida. I did that whole thing. Uh, I got to the point where I was like 90% happy. I wasn't 100% happy. 
I really, in the back of my mind, had this thing where I wanted to start my own business, mm. want to go down my own road and not be controlled by you know, decisions from others and waiting on everybody else. So I threw the towel in on the music industry after a few years and every, everybody thought I was crazy. But eventually, you know, came back to Perth. Uh, I was working a day job and I came up with the idea of starting Addicted to Success after I met Jordan Belfort, who's the Wolf of Wall Street. And he really just like got me to dig deep. You know, he asked me, you know, you know, map out your vision, like you really map it out like day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. How are you going to get to that big end vision? And how can you align uh, what you're good at, uh, what you love, and also a solution that is needed in this world? And, you know, I aligned all three. And really what it was is I love self-development. You know, I was reading books uh, like, you know, Tony Robbins books, Brian Tracy, T.R. Vecker, Jack Canfield. I really dived into that and I was really inspired by that. And I decided, well, you know, I'm pretty good at computers. I'm pretty cluey. So I put the two, two and two together and I realized that other people uh, needed inspiration too. So that's where Addicted to Success uh, was born. You know, that was like nearly five years ago now. Yeah, wow. And we just keep growing. We keep expanding. We, we, we keep uh, stepping up the design and we keep stepping up the content. So yeah, yeah, that's where we are today. That's very cool. <laughs> mate, mate, I was just about to ask you and you uh, preempted uh uh, me to, um, kind of perhaps dig a little deeper, but I was going to ask you, uh, were there any particular people that heavily influenced your career path back then? So can you tell us a bit more about, I guess, that first light bulb moment when, when you experienced, uh, yeah, the real Wolf of Wall Street, um, and, uh, you know, what other, um, sort of responses did you take besides going on that massive high of being inspired and motivated? What was kind of your next action step? Well, the next action step, to be honest, I was really driven by money in the beginning. And the reason being is because I was working a nine to five job. Uh, You know, I was happy with my position. I was getting promoted quite often. I was working my way up the corporate ladder, which was great. Uh, But there was a pain point. The pain point was that I was spending two hours a day commuting in traffic, one hour to work, one hour back. I did the math. It was 10 hours a week, 40 hours a month, 400 something hours a year wasting my life in traffic and that was a huge pain point for me so it was like i need to do something eh? whether i can cut down my hours because i've created a, an income stream or whether i can quit my job altogether i need to do something mm. uh, so i didn't really have a set goal of of uh, you know what m- kind of money i needed to make and then when i did uh go through that workshop with jordan belfort and um he really challenged me on mapping out the exact numbers and getting really clear because i think clarity is key it's like setting your GPS. Uh, let's say uh, I say I want to go mm. to to Bondi Beach, but really I just put in Sydney on the GPS and I start driving from Perth all the way to Sydney. I'm not going to find Bondi Beach. I'll arrive somewhere in Sydney, but it won't be Bondi Beach because it wasn't specific enough. And I'm sitting around wondering why I haven't hit it, why I haven't got there. It's the same thing with my goals and my, my vision really for my future. Uh, so yeah, that's really where I saw a lot of growth um, during that period because I was challenged in a completely different way. I think when we go through high school or like the Americans like to call it college, right? Uh, you're just told, you know, goals are good, set your goals, what career do you want? But there's no, there's not a lot of clarity. It's like you've got to do these subjects to be able to get there. And then like mm-hmm. people are kind of stabbing in the dark trying to work out how they're going to get to that big end thing and, and how they're going to start a business after it and if they're even going to get a job after. So yeah, he really got me to dig real deep and to, to just really, once I worked out my passion, uh, you know, my, my purpose, my strengths and everything, then like how to set up a game plan, how to set up a strategy to get there. And I was also, you know, listening to Tony Robbins content, which is like absolutely incredible. This guy's been doing it for nearly four decades now. So listening to his content is so refined. Like he knows what works because he's just, He's trained so many people, millions upon millions of people. So like I just went for the greats. You know, I was like, I need mentorship from the greats. You don't need mm-hmm. to know them personally. But, it, you know, you can tap into their books, their, their events. You can go to their events. You can tap into their audio uh, books as well and, and really uh, sit down and write it out. A lot of people don't write things out. That's what I found is, you know, I coach hundreds of entrepreneurs. And mm-hmm. what I find is like the number one thing that most people don't write anything down. And you need to make that mind-body connection actually writing it out and looking at it and even get into a habit of writing it out quite often. So that way you keep yourself on track. Yeah. I completely and that's, agree. Uh, yeah. Really what I learned. Yeah. It's uh, you're, you're uh, inscripting it um, into your reality essentially. And it's almost a, a, a tangible promise to yourself when you see it written there on a piece of paper, you know, what do you want? Why do you want it? How are you going to do it? Um, so I totally am uh, a big 
uh, fan of, of that process as well. Um, so yeah. you touched on mentors, um, not, uh, not being, uh, someone that you not necessarily have to know very personally or, or is maybe, uh, something that doesn't have to be so formal. And, and I love that because, um, well, for one, I'm, I did a talk on, uh, how to find a mentor at Apple in Sydney, uh, late last year. And, uh, I'm also about to release a book this year on, on how to get a mentor, um, as a designer. And, uh, and I just want your sort of insight and advice to share with the audience on, um, how you tackled, um, getting mentorship, um, when, when you were in this great period of learning and, and, and personal development. Yeah, you know, like you can be intentional with it. So you can be very intentional of like, who do you look up to? Who do you want to work with? I think you also can come across people uh, just out of nowhere that are, are people that you find, well, wow, they've got something that I really uh, want. Some Maybe it's some intel, maybe some experience that they've already had that you can learn from. Uh, there's quite a few people that I've met along the way. I was never intentional of meeting them, but I did. And I realized like, wow, we can help each other. Mm. I always try and find win-wins. So I help out a lot of my mentors too, which is a great thing because we stay more committed. There's more of a relationship there. A uh, couple great mentors I have is a guy by the name of David T.S. Wood. He's great at public speaking. He's great at holding events. Uh, very authentic, very down-to-earth guy. Uh, he's taught me a lot about just like being you, being real uh telling people you love them right like you really do tell them you love them don't just like you know hold back on things like that so what really was just his emotionally name? opening up david t.s wood david t.s wood cool yeah he's, he's a coach and a trainer and a speaker uh so he's been great and you know he helped me with my first ever speech at mind valley uh you know in malaysia a few years back and he really guided me through that and helped me structure my speech and and you know it's really helped me even to this day so uh, he's somebody absolutely amazing and we still keep in touch and I help him too with some things, some online things. And then, you know, Ty Lopez, uh, you know, I met Ty a couple, two and a half years back before he really blew up on YouTube with the whole Lamborghini and the Ferrari videos <laughs> yeah. and everywhere else. You know, he's like a celebrity now. It's crazy. But, uh, you know, I met him before that and, and he really took me under his wing. And I, I didn't even expect anything from it. I didn't ask him really too much. Uh, he just like really saw what I was doing and, and he wanted to uh, guide me in a good direction and he gave me a lot of marketing advice and online advice and uh yeah we just we still have a great relationship uh today you know reach out now and then and whenever i'm in la he's always inviting me out to the mansions and the the events if he has any on while i'm there and um yeah he's just a great down-to-earth guy it doesn't matter how big he gets um yeah he's he remembers you know who, who's great in his circle and uh who's not trying to take too much from him. And, and he's always good at, at uh, finding a way to give back too. So Yeah, very cool. I, I did yeah. uh, uh, remember, remember those videos actually. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would have seen them um, as well on YouTube. Uh, what are the things or what's one thing that stands out with what Ty Lopez has shared with you during that time? Oh, so many things. I think a lot of unconscious things too, things that rubbed off that I didn't even realize. Um, there's a number of things like reading books because he's huge on reading books mm. basically what he taught me was that like look with most books there's usually one big idea in there mm. so when you know writer goes to publisher there's like one big idea but the thing is they need to write a certain amount of pages so that the spine's thick enough to put the title on there <laughs> <laughs> right so you most of the books are pretty fluffy they're full of fluff they're like extra things that need to be added in so uh he uh threw a video first and then i met him and talked to him about it and he kind of schooled me on it a bit more was uh this whole speed reading thing of reading the table of contents reading the uh you know the back of the book and and, and reading the first uh chapter then also reading like you know a paragraph of each chapter and if you're really feeling that first paragraph go in even deeper i started doing that and i felt like i, I was like being more efficient with reading books mm. and there's the thing like some people they say oh, i'm going to read this book and they commit the whole time but some books just actually suck they actually really <laughs> suck and people sit there and read through it and slave through it and they've probably already got everything that they really need from it but they just keep reading it mm. when they could have bounced onto another book and got you know some extra juice from somewhere else uh i guess another thing is just seeing that yeah he reads it but he also actions it too like he lives it, he walks and talks it. And um, a lot of people don't, they just read books and say, ah, I know this book. It's all good cognitively understanding it, but if you're not putting it into action, mm. then you know that's no good. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I guess another thing as well is uh, talk to them about a lot of people in the industry, great trainers, speakers, 
authors and everything. And he was like, look, man, that's cool. I'm sure they're great. Uh, he doesn't really focus too much on other people, like other people in the industry. He's not trying to compete. He doesn't really care. Uh, he wants to go for mass appeal. So he's going big numbers. He wants big reach. He wants to impact. And he is. Like he's teaching 13-year-old kids to pick up self-development books and read. Mm. Like he's moving lives. So uh, it's just like it's big. It's like seeing people with big dreams and big visions and making it happen. And that in itself is inspiring because we all have big dreams. You know, and if you don't have it right now, at some point in your life, a big dream will come to you. Uh, but but like really building your belief up, starting off with that mindset, knowing that like this could actually happen. There's a possibility here. There's a potential in this. And then just like immersing yourself in that to the point where it moves you to take massive action to then get some form of result, whether it's a small result or a big result, whatever it is, that then in turn builds your belief even more. And it's just like this loop. You just keep going around, around, around. And that's why visualization is so powerful, like just immersing yourself in the potential of something happening. You need to build your belief up first. It starts with your belief. Very cool. And then everything else is like kind of like technical. You know, like the belief is like the emotional, which is 80%. And then technical uh, side of it or the, you know, the, um, I guess the, 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 uh, the skills and the habits and all that other stuff is like 20% really. So, uh, with, with those that are, um, listening that are emerging designers or even, you know, a lot of people who are, um, established designers and perhaps feel that they, uh, want to take things up to the next level, whatever that looks like to them, or even those that are doing a massive pivot, um, who I know guys and, and girls that are, have been suppressing, their creative calling for a long time. Like I met a guy who was um, suppressing it. Now he's got three kids and, you know, for like 20 years he's been suppressing it. So what would you advise to these people? Because you mentioned in your case, you know, you, you met a fork in the road and, you know, you were getting bullied in school and all these things were happening to you. And then you found music and you just decided, well, I can either choose the red pill or the blue pill, right? So, you know, what what was it for you that made you go all in, in that um, direction? Because let's be honest, you know, the things that are not um, uh, sort of going to give you security and, and comfort and all this, um, they are, of course, scary because we've not experienced it before. And there's a lot of fear attached to that and the unknown and all this. But how do we really break through that? Well, I'm going to give you two perspectives. There's two ways to look at this, right? And they're both good. They're both powerful. So one way is most people have a limiting belief of I'm not good enough or failure and mistakes are bad. And you could track it back to maybe a certain point in your life. It's usually your upbringing around teachers or some form of a higher authority, maybe your parents, somebody you looked up to kind of you were in an event in a moment and you gave it a meaning at the time that I'm not good enough or you gave it a meaning. A certain thing could have happened. You're going, well, that means that failure and mistake is bad. And you sit with that for so long that you actually suppress those big dreams that you have. So you can actually sit there and let that disable you or you can look at it in a different way. You can change the meaning behind it, look at it and go, well, did it actually mean that at that time? Maybe I was like five years old and I didn't really understand the world. Maybe that person didn't really mean that Maybe they did believe in me, but it's the way they communicated it to me and I just gave it that meaning, right? Because when we're younger, we take things really personally. We just, we take it on board. We're downloading information, right? That's the age that we have to download information to make sense of the world. So then there's that, right? And you can change the meaning. You can look back at it and really just jig it and be like, well, maybe it's not that. And then you start building new reference points in your life. Start thinking about the times where um, you had succeeded or times where you were good enough, that you were great at what you did, that you did put in the effort and it did happen. Hmm. That's one way. And then there's an even more powerful way where I like to really get my clients, my, my uh, students to focus on this is don't even think anymore about the limiting beliefs. Like they're there, cool. Don't even focus on them. Focus on how you can empower yourself, right? How can you create powerful meanings behind what you're doing. It doesn't matter about yesterday or the day before, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. How can you create a powerful enough vision that's going to drive you to get where you need to be? And I feel like people don't have a powerful enough vision hmm. because they haven't sat down, they haven't got clear on what that vision really is. Right? I mean, a lot of people where they were successful, they're not anymore. The reason is, there's two reasons for that. Either they 
uh, had this vision, they got there and it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. Or the second thing is that they got there and it was all good and they celebrated, but then they, they forgot to create a, an even bigger and more powerful vision. I always mm. tell people like create that next vision so big that it shadows the last one. Mm. Like you want it to just be powerful. Absolutely. Uh, and that's going to drive you. Remember the pain points. Remember what's going to happen in your life if you don't, right? Because pain is a two and a half times more uh, powerful driver than pleasure. So just you know, identify what the pains would be if you stayed in that position. You didn't start on your graphic design business. You didn't, uh, you know, get out there and look for more clients. You weren't resourceful enough. But we can all be resourceful. That's really the the thing is a lot of people say they don't have time, they don't have money, they don't have this and that. Man, I can tell you, I sat in that for the first three years of starting my business because I had a Superman complex and I thought I could do everything myself and also I uh, thought that I couldn't give anything away to anybody. I had to hug the pie. I was like a scarcity mindset, right? And I just wasn't resourceful enough at that time. I then did become resourceful. Now I realize I'm like, man, I wish I did that from day one. I wish I brought someone on board to work with me and and we could reach out to more people and build more of a network and tap into other people's skills and and create win-win situations. Uh, It's about being resourceful. Uh, And when you know that you have a team there that's resourceful and you're resourceful and you have a powerful vision, you become unstoppable. Yeah, mate, I'm... uh having uh, massive uh, light bulb moments with everything that you're saying. Totally resonate with all that. Um, <laughs> very, very, very cool. So let's um, uh, swing the needle a bit to um, A2S, Addicted to Success, um, your right. your blog. Um, now, how many blog posts are on A2S, by the way? Oh, I think we're getting close to, I haven't looked for a little while, but we were around like 1,200, 1,300 wow. posts. Awesome. Yeah, so, quite a lot. so this is going to be a tough question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Out of all the blog posts that you have, if you had to choose just one, which one do you feel is the most impactful and why? Whoa, I yeah, would man. say that it would be. <laughs> it's a tough one, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, they're, they're, I mean, there's so many great posts. Because they're so good, yeah. And they're different. They all bring something different to the table for sure. Uh, there is one that like really... I guess uh, made me realize how powerful uh, your day-to-day moves really are. And that was the 10 ultra habits to the highly successful. Mm. That was a fancy title and everything. But really, I'd outline the importance of habits. And you know, I've, before I uh, built my team, I was reading through every single article that contributors were sending through. And this was one that really just made me like, I read it quite a few times. Like I kept referring back to it. I found mm. like, yeah, this is a useful, really practical article. And yeah, I, I focus on habits, man. Habits are really those little energy bolts to get you closer to your to your uh, vision, to your goals. Uh, they're the day to day things that that are super unsexy, man. They're the cons- consistent little actions that you have to take every day, and you can get actually really bored with doing habits. Mm. The key is to make them fun, right? Yeah. To make sure you have some form of a habit in there that's kind of fun that you're looking forward to it. There's another habit that maybe you can set up the night before, which is like writing a to do list the night before, which is super powerful. Uh, that you've got like these, uh, they're like foundational habits, like the cornerstone habits. They're the ones that hold uh, a lot of your life up. So you can do the little things, I guess, like um, little habits of uh, making sure that you have like a smoothie each day or uh, making sure that you networked, network with one person a week, right? They're those, they're like, they're great habits, uh, but they're kind of like minuscule compared to habits such as like, exercise every second day Mm. or like five days a week. Exercise is a huge habit. That's like a real foundational habit that affects so many areas of your life. You you know, your fitness, uh, your mental game, like it actually uh, activates your prefrontal cortex so you you run at a higher level mentally within your business. Uh, It's better for your body. It looks better. You probably pick up more chicks or if you're a chick, you pick up more guys and Mm. (laughs) you feel good in yourself. It builds your confidence. So that's like a really big habit there. Mm. Uh, Another one would be like self-development, like reading, right? Reading and learning. That's a huge habit that you can put in place. So I really, I I was diving deep into the whole habits thing. And Mm. um, what I've found as well through interviewing hundreds of uh, successful people is that there's really the three key cornerstone elements to success. Uh, well, there's actually four. The, the first one is really finding your values, identifying what is most valuable to you in your life because all of our decisions that we make are based off our uh, va- values and beliefs, right? But you've got beliefs, habits, and, uh, and skills. They're the three key cornerstone elements of success. So beliefs is mindset, right? That's the mind knowing like I can do this. 
right? And getting in the, the, the interstate to be able to make it happen. Then you've got habits, which is the daily energy ball to success that, that like everyday actions. Then you've got the skills. You can't uh, believe I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this and have that will there, but then like not have the skill. Because if you have too much will and not enough skill and you're like a doctor and you want to go in and chop someone's leg off and you're not doing it right, it's going to be a mess. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Too so right. beliefs, habits, and skills. And also like emotional skills too. Not just like practical hands-on skills, but also emotional skills in the sense of like uh, communicating with people, understanding people, uh, managing teams, managing relationships. Uh, so they're really the the patterns that I found after interviewing hundreds of successful people is they lied within those interviews that people were saying pretty much the same things over and over again. They were saying they credited their success to belief or credited their success to the habits they were doing or the skills that they had. And then, uh, yeah, I kind of outlined that and I went deep with it and I teach a lot of my students that, you know, these are the three key cornerstone elements and, and then to go deep with them. So, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, um, you know, something that uh, I also realize needs to be fed to us on the daily. You know, I think most of us know this. And and the thing is, um, the ones uh, that, you know, buy the gym membership and then three months after we don't see them at the gym or, you know, that buy the uh, Nutribullet, but then don't use it after two months. And, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the, in the sort of, um, the, the trigger of the, the, the start of the race and, and it's all good for a little while. But what I found is, you know, successful people, um, just like taking a shower and brushing your teeth, they are constantly refreshing themselves and whether it's their eyes, their ears, they're feeding themselves with, with being surrounded by people that will help not hinder them and, and reading uh, blog posts um, such as that one you mentioned and, and other posts that you have. And, you know, there's so much good content out there. It's just about curating the things that are going to lift you up constantly. Um, because I think, you know, everything that you said, it's, it's something that we all know, but a lot of us fall off the wagon and, and we fail to realize that whole pain and pleasure that you mentioned, you, you know, we fail to realize that, hold on, if, if, if you hate how it feels starting over, then stop giving up, you know, that whole idea. Um, mm -hmm. so that's very cool that you shared that. Um, now some practical steps now for the listeners out there, as I mentioned, they're emerging and established designers and creative people. And a lot of them either have started a blog um, that perhaps hasn't taken off as much as they, they would like, or want to start a blog, um, but haven't done it, done it yet. Um, how can, yeah. Have you got any practical steps on starting a blog, maintaining it and setting it up for massive reach? So let's start with, with starting a blog. What action advice can you share to us? Yeah. Yeah. So definitely start out with WordPress. Cool. self-hosted so like go and get wordpress uh, go and get hosting uh, obviously you got your domain name and then activate wordpress on your hosting server like most hosting providers will have that function available now yeah uh, there's some that specialize in wordpress hosting so go with them do a bit of research there's like a, quite a few of them uh, so do that because they're pro they're, they're set up in a way where it's like going to be super efficient they're not going to crash and you don't want technical problems so just do that it's nice and easy uh, the next thing is really like working out your angle of content, right? And it used to be this game of like everybody just hit it really broad. Self-development, which we're covering, is broad, right? Because we can talk about life, uh, success. Uh, we can talk about quotes. We can talk about motivation. We can talk about, you know, we can share videos and everything. So it's a pretty broad uh, area compared to uh, something that's like somebody that um, specializes in hacky sack tricks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or like, you know, skateboarding tricks or whatever, right? Like so... You uh, want to really work out what is your niche because if you're trying to compete with those that are in a very broad area, it's going to be very difficult to rank for or very challenging to rank for keywords unless you're smashing out a lot of articles that are very in-depth that has a lot of quality content in there. It's going to be very challenging. Mm. Okay, so you cool. got to work out are you ready to play that game? Are you ready to be that gladiator in the arena to go in and just like you know, 1,200, 1,500 posts? Uh, that are more than 2,000, 3,000 words long and that are linked to so many high-end high, uh, high -end, uh, websites in your industry. Um, that's a That takes a lot of people to really put that together quickly. Uh, so you need a team if you want to do that. Or you can go the niche route and 
find a way to really plug it all in and build this wheel, right? Where it's like you've got YouTube videos that are linking to your site. You've got a Facebook uh, page or profile that's really sending traffic there too. You've got a Google Plus that's helping you to rank a bit better in Google. You're writing in-depth uh, information and you're focusing on quality over quantity. Uh, that's really what's going to help you stand apart in the market. It's about being unique. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people uh, ask me, you know, how, how do I get around competition? Are there any tips and strategies and techniques? And I tell them, look, and a lot of these people are actually in the industry that I'm in, they're in self-development, motivation, uh, you know, life coaching and so on. And I say, look, you're not competing with me. You're not competing with uh, entrepreneur.com or uh, inc.com or any of these entrepreneurship startup companies uh, and media publishing uh, companies. You're competing with the whole entire world. You're competing with everyone that's online. Uh, the difference is that, you know, if your information is not valuable enough, if it's not juicy, it's not in-depth, it's not creative, it's not unique, then somebody's going to choose to watch a funny goat video <laughs> over your content. Yeah. So they win. You know yeah. what I mean? I think for sure, for sure yeah. value is, yeah, uh, I totally um, am on board with with everything you said, but the value especially, you know, it's like if you're writing something that you're not passionate about for one and that you're not mm -hmm. credible enough to give uh, sort of insight on, um, that's already putting you on the back foot. So I think, A, it has to interest you in order to keep maintaining it, which is the next question I have for you. You know, What's your advice on maintaining it and keeping going? Because that's the other thing, isn't it? It's persistence, consistency. Um, but I think you know, whether it's as strange as, uh, bow ties for kittens or, you know, um, centipedes and you're into researching about those types of insects. Um, there is a market for it for sure. It's just that you've got to own it and give value to those people, um, in a way that I suppose, you know, only you can as a, as a person, as a brand, you are your own entity, right? You're, a, you're your own brand. Like, like you said, addicted to success.com, um, is a very broad, uh, sort of topic, uh, or, um, area to, uh, help people with all types of, uh, success. Um, there are just fitness success blogs out there or money success blogs out there, or, you know, you cover, so much of that in one. Um, but you went with the, um, planning out, all right, it's got to be set up with all these categories. It's going to be ultra clear. You've started off with WordPress. You are, um, you had brought on a team. You, it's really easy to curate when you're on there, what you want, what you need for the moment. Um, but the same sort of principles apply, I suppose, when you are, when you well, are, just yeah. This is the thing. This is the thing, Ram. Just remember, I started this five years ago. Mm. The online scape was a lot different to how it is now. Like now, you have to move quickly. You almost have to have some sort of like a personality or a character to your brand, and that's why recently, in the last two years, I've really stepped out as Joel Brown mm. from behind the brand and stepped up as Joel Brown as my own personal brand too. And I'm finding a lot of people lately that go to Addicted to Success because they like my content and me. Exactly. And they'll go there. So there's like a personality. They feel like it has some form of a character, has substance to it, and just like a media company is pushing out random information, uh, which is not what we do. I mean, we have like a lot of uh, consistent contributors, so it's, it has its own style and character there. But uh, it, yeah, I mean, if you can do that, if you're running your graphic design business, you're blogging about graphic design, you're offering graphic packs and whatever you're doing, mm. see if there's a way you can uh, bring yourself into it a little bit too. You're like you don't need to play full front and center, but you can kind of like have a little bit of you there. So people are like, oh yeah, that blog, that's run by Joe Schmo or, you know, Betty Boop or whoever, right? Like, I don't know, you know, whatever your name is, right? So um, they are going to vibe with that more. It's going to resonate with them more because there's a person that's with that. Yeah, that's really interesting. You brought that up um, for two reasons. Very uh, recently, I was asked by uh, Bannersnack.com, which is a, um, they make um, a sort of online uh, SAS tool, software as a service um, tool where you can pay for a monthly subscription and you can design just through your web browser banner ads. And um, 
it's really easy drag and drop style, um, easy to, to manage and all this. And all their, um, their content is that typical sort of animation video style. And that's all well and good. But when they contacted me and it was one of the, um, the sort of founders of, of the, uh, the company, um, and one of the staff members, when they contacted me and spoke to me about it, I hadn't always known about them, but it was totally different the way that he communicated to me. And then when I saw his Twitter and his Instagram and all these other pages, I was like, wow, it's a totally different experience. Like I'm now loyal to them because he reached out and he wanted to, um, he wanted to get me to write some blog posts for them and things like that. Yeah. And, and the same with another service, which, um, was a bit different, but they, um, had recently, um, sort of connected and engaged with me, the founder of design cuts. Cause you mentioned pack, uh, design packaging, uh, sort of, you yep. know, packs or whatever, um, design cuts give free packs. And, um, the founder hit me up on Instagram. He didn't even say that he was the founder of, of, um, of design cuts and they have 80,000 members and, he was just really casual and said on Instagram, Hey, love your quote. Um, it seems like, you know, we really align or we've got the same mindset kind of thing, just simple thing. And then I yeah. just continued the conversation. And then he's like, Oh, checked out your site as well. Um, very cool. He didn't even say to check out his site, but I checked it out anyway. And then on his site, it had his face on it in one of the videos sharing about what they do and it didn't go to the animation style that banner snack does so yeah it's really important i think when you add personality to it um that you are a huge point to leverage um uniqueness um yeah, so it's a human experience for sure people want a human man they want real because they're sick of being lied to and sold to and uh you know scripted to and nlp to and yeah. persuaded and yeah people want real so um with those listeners that are wanting to build a bigger audience and to drive traffic to it, uh, let's say for designers starting or, you know, who have started a blog, but it's not really going anywhere um, as much as they'd like. What, what is some, some tips that come to mind to, to drive traffic? You kind of mentioned, I like that approach because I do that. Well, you mentioned, uh, you know, having, a, having YouTube and then Facebook page and Google Plus page and all of this stuff driving. That's, that, that's also something that I have implemented and it works quite well. Um, any other things that can kind of uh, leverage our reach? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really uh, the two core things are really quality so that you stand out and then consistency so that you stay relevant because mm -hmm. people forget about you very quickly in the online world if you're not in their face. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest is social media. You need a way to drive traffic, spend 80% of your time marketing your content and 20% of the time producing it. Why you're producing it in that 20% of time, make sure it's really, really good. Okay. Don't just rush things out there. Uh, if it takes you an extra day to work on that article, because you really want it to be a great article, you're really putting your, your, your all into it, then do that for the sake of quality. Uh, and then another thing is uh, networking and cross-promoting. And that's something that I didn't do until maybe the last year. I've really started stepping up and cross-promoting my stuff in uh, in their channels, their uh, content in my channels, just helping each other out because we're tapping into each other's networks that we work so hard to build, mm -hmm. uh, creating great new relationships. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's some things. Look for win-wins, look for ways that you can uh, leverage from other people's platforms and they can leverage from yours without hurting the business. Yeah, there's a lot you can really do. Love that. Uh, they're the things I'd focus on. And the thing is as well is like contributors will come to you. If you're creating a great platform, if you're, if you're focusing on community around your platform, encouraging comments, uh, uh, making people feel like they're part of something with you, like it's a movement, more and more people are going to want to contribute to your blog, so cool, to man. your website. They'll want to yeah. be a part of that. For sure. So a couple of questions left for you, Joel. A uh, question I ask most of my guests. If you could travel back in time for 30 seconds and speak to junior Joel, perhaps <laughs> the, uh, the youngster that was finishing high school, mate, what would you tell him? Mm, three words, man. You've got this. Nice. That's it. Yeah. I love it. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's just because we all kind of like lack a little bit of that belief sometimes. We question ourselves a little bit because we haven't been there. So, like you said before, uncertainty. And just that like way of looking at it all really helps me to step out there and realize 
it's not about me. It's about the people in the crowd. Hmm. You know, when you're, when you're putting out your graphic design business, it's not just all about you. It's a service that you're delivering and the people that are going to be happy by receiving your service that are going to go and tell others how amazing your work is because it's helped their business so much. It's helped them with their marketing or whatever it is. Right. Uh, so yeah, just, just operate from, from your heart, operate from a place where you have some form of a purpose, uh, because you know, people, that's what people want now. Like I said, it's a human experience. Um, they don't, they don't want the kind of just straight down the line. This is how it is. And so to step out there, be you, be new, be fresh and authentic and, and you win overall. Very cool, man. I love that. Uh, you've got this line. Uh, surely there are designers out there now mass producing that onto shirts and mugs <laughs> and merch. Well, I better I'm, sure. I'm going to register that domain name right now. Right uh, now, it's probably man. already registered. Man. That's the thing, right? Domain names there that they're real hard to get. Yeah. No joke. They're like, yeah, yeah. You've got to come up with a pretty fancy looking name. Yeah, pretty, uh, funky name to be able to even register anything now. <laughs> I think we definitely both got lucky. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Love it. All right. So, um, mate, uh, who has been an impactful giant thinker in your life? That person who has inspired you to think bigger, dig deeper in helping you reach your full potential? For, uh, Tony Robbins. He's a giant he? and he is a giant thinker. Nice. Uh, and uh, I had the opportunity to interview Tony about nine months back on my podcast on the addicted to success podcast and we had a little chat before and after the interview and during the interview too i I got to add some kind of personal questions in there too to to uh you know get a little bit of mentorship from him as well and um biggest thing i learned from him is to really that uh it's all about experience like you really cannot fake it. You can't, you know, shortcut it. Like it, you have to get in the trenches and get dirty. You've got to go and do it. You've got to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to get your hands, uh, you know, bloodied and blistered to be able to really uh, know what it feels like. You've got to have an emotional experience with whatever you're doing. You can't do that sitting on the sidelines. Uh, so that's a huge thing that I carry with me. And like ever since then, it's, it rings in my mind quite often whenever I'm uh, maybe second guessing something or maybe feeling like I'm, I might not be good enough for something. I, I always remember that. I'm like, I have to, I have to do this. this. This will shape me and mold me into a bigger and better human being. Mate, I'm already so pumped just uh, hearing about that. <laughs> I, like, I like your yeah. choice. Um, all right, so what's next for Addicted to Success, mate, um, this year and beyond? Oh, so Addicted to Success, uh, we have big news coming up. I'll just announce it now. Go for on it. On your podcast, it's the first time. Uh, we've got this Spanish version of Addicted to Success coming out. Ooh. Uh, Spanish nice. is the second widest spoken language in the world after English. So, uh, you know, I, I want to impact as many lives as possible and, and the team at Addicted to Success feel the same way. So we decided to put one together. We've got someone on the team that's, that translates into Spanish and she's all about that and she's, you know, in the Spanish community and everything. So it's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Mate, it's called awesome. Addicto El Exito, it's called. Addicto so, El Exito. Um, yeah, is that, that right? That's that. to success, right? Yeah, yeah, you got it, right? So that'll be coming out. Uh, I'd say probably around about first of February or mid February. Um, we're cool. putting all the content together for that. So, uh, yeah, excited about that. Um, I'm stepping up a lot with my own personal brand. I'm uh, featuring in a new documentary that's coming out with Tony Robbins, the Dalai Lama, Jack Canfield. I think Deepak Chopra has just jumped on board. Uh, so, what's your role in that huge. in that documentary? Because I've seen the trailer and it looks absolutely epic. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sharing my advice. Uh, they're basically getting me to speak more from a Gen Y point of view. Yep. Uh, because a lot of the people that are in there are the older generation. So it's getting that fresh outlook on like what way the world's going for Gen Ys and like Indigos, you know, younger younger generation than, than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I've got me and I brought a few other people on board that I feel can really deliver. And uh, this is going to be an all out crazy documentary. It's going to be huge. Like you thought incredible. Secret and all those other documentaries yeah. are big. Uh, the lineup on this and the, the content that's coming out for this and the impact this documentary is going to have it's going to be huge. So check it out, riseupthemovie.com. When is that out? Do you know, mate? Uh, summer 2016, so US summer too. It was like mid, okay. mid 2016. Mid, yeah, mid this year. We're like 80% filming. I'm a, they made me associate producer for it. So I'm like heavily involved in the whole process now. And um, yeah, so 80% uh, we've done a filming 
and we're still getting some big names on board and and um just people that can really move and shake the world so that's coming out i've got a couple book deals on the table i'm negotiating uh, I've already started writing my book. I'm excited about that. Uh, I, I'm just focusing, same with A2S, like focusing on just more content, beautiful content for the book and for my programs. And we're going to keep rolling with Addicted to Success. We're expanding on the video front as well because video is a great way to really uh, build engagement, build rapport as well. Yeah, People get sure. to see you. Uh, that's another thing, right? If you're running your own uh, graphic design business, jump on the video, get used to it because uh, it's the way. It's the way to connect with people quickly. And uh, the only way you can get good at it is by practicing over and over again. Just keep pressing the film button. You don't have to put it up. You can do like 20 videos until you decide to you know, put one of them up that you're happy with. But just get used to really speaking uh, on, on video and on camera or, or over audio like a podcast or offer some sort of an audio service if you've got great mm. advice to share. Uh, it'll build um, a, a good base around uh, your your business because a lot of people will know that you deliver value and they connect with you and that'll bring you more clients. So uh, that's probably the, the <laughs> advice I would leave you with today, yeah. which is really important in this current state of uh, you know the online world. Yeah, for sure. I mean, real quick on that as well. Uh, I had on Jules Marcou, 21 years old. Um, his book reached number one in four months in the marketing category for Amazon globally. Um, yeah, very cool guy and youngster as well. And um, so I had him on the show and he one of the things that stood out for me was when he said, you have to go to the audience. They're not just going to come to you. You, yes. He's just like, pick up the phone, you know, as a statement, but also as a literal thing, like go out there and get yourself out there. Um, yep. So all those things you listed were great. And um, so by the way, Joel, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. 28 years old. Awesome, man. Very, very cool. I love Young that. <laughs> I, love it. I love that, man. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, I am 29. So I'm not sure right. if many people know that. There you we're go. in our prime, buddy. We're right. in our prime. We need to run with this, you know? The thing is, right, the, the thing that I tell uh, my students as well is that you know, if you're around that age, you're, you're in your prime. You really are. You're at the point where you should have learned enough to really be able to action things and, and move forward and just like slightly wise enough to be able to understand like what, what should and shouldn't work and, and you can give things a shot. Mm. Uh, but what happens is you've got like, let's say we've got like a 10-year window. If you do really well in that 10-year window, you can blow that window out to another 20 years or 30 years. You can keep blowing it out. But if you sit around for too long at that age, it, it just becomes a lot harder to, to build a reputation, to be able to build your business when you have all that energy, you know, unless you look after yourself like insanely with your health and <laughs> fitness and everything. Uh, so like really just, uh, you know, just move with haste, really take, uh, take each moment, like as if it's like your last and just and run with it. Like if you're listening right now and you're sitting on the fence about starting your business, please sit down, map it out, like really write out your vision, create it so powerful that it pulls you and know the pains that are there so they can push you too. So imagine a pull and a push in the right direction. I mean, you're going to be unstoppable. Mate, that's golden. Love it. So, yeah. uh, mate, how can listeners get in touch with you online? Uh, head over to uh, facebook.com slash joelbrownoz for Oz. Uh, add me on there, message me on there. You know, I love connecting with, uh, with anybody that uh, is interested in, you know, starting business and life in general, pretty much everybody. Right. So, uh, yeah, add me on there, message me on there. Um, Instagram is I am Joel Brown, uh, Twitter. I am Joel Brown. Um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. My uh, circulate on there. You Unreal. can reach me there. I will yeah. link everyone up on that on the podcast uh post and the blog post uh joel thank you so much mate for spending uh your precious time with us it's been an absolute honor and uh mate i uh cannot wait to continue to follow you on your journey um and to continue to be inspired by everything that you do and, and everything that goes on in addicted to success uh, thank you brother and congratulations on all your success too thanks very much joel appreciate right. you Cheers thanks for having me on bye well, Giants, I hope you enjoyed that sensational chat with Joel as much as I did. I find his willingness to share his expertise such a great example of how we can all find our own way to collaborate with others and give back. The guest I have lined up for the next episode is a serial entrepreneur and well-known expert in the field of virtual business management. He is the author of a best-selling book about virtual freedom, and he's also the creator of a very successful mastermind and entrepreneurial community where he ensures nobody gets left behind. 
More on that next time. Before we wrap up, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave a review as it really does help the ratings, which means I can continue bringing more amazing guests to your ears. Head to itunes.com slash podcast slash giant thinkers podcast or go to your iTunes app and hit the write a review button. Even if you mention what has been your favorite and most useful episode, that'll go a really long way. A reminder also that if you'd like to check out the five minute journal, head to giantthinkers.com slash five minute journal, all spelt out. And if you do use it, let me know how you're finding it. Send me a tweet or direct message via Twitter or Instagram. They're both great ways to reach me. And my handle is the giant thinker. All right, guys, until next time, I'm Ram Castillo. And remember, as Joel said, create the next vision so big that it shadows the next one. 